Linden, Uncle Tom's Cabin. 1984 was a very bad year for house painting. No one could get any work. By the middle of January, I was selling my books practically every day, hundreds of titles at a fraction of their original cost. Come on, Jay! I pleaded to the guy at the used bookstore. These books are out of print, man. Can't you give me a little more for them? You know that I always give you more for your books than I give anybody else," Jay replied. And he was right, of course. I had taken my books to him for years, and he had always been very sympathetic. "You're just going to drink it all away at Mick Glinchy's anyway," Jay said as I walked out the door. One could buy a generic brand of baked beans, Hormel's chili, ground beef or spaghetti, and some jive sauce. The kind that is laced with sugar or even corn syrup, for two dollars or less, and a pint of black and tan at McGlinchey's was still less than a dollar. Being broke and idle is a very bad combination if it drags on for a while. I was going through old copies of the New Yorker, looking for something new to read, jerking off, or paying for my beers at the bar, with dimes and nickels. Whatever happened to all those losers I went to school with anyway? How come nobody's rich or famous? So what if Laura Humes hit the jackpot with the Daily Double? Big fucking deal. Kathleen Johnston, whom I hadn't seen for about two years, called around this time and left a message on my machine. I wasn't too keen on calling her back since she wasn't exactly friendly. The last few times I saw her on the streets, it was rumored that the girl's on smack. Maybe she wants to borrow money. I ain't got none in any case. What else could she want from me? Two more messages came, however, and I finally dialed her number. May I speak to Kathleen, please? I asked when some old guy picked up the phone. May I ask who's calling? Bowie. Bui, Bui, hold on a second. Who's the geezer? I wondered. Then Kathleen's voice came on. I'm so glad you called me back. How've you been? Not good. What's the matter? I can't really talk right now. Listen, can I stay at your place for a couple of days? I hesitated. It will only be for a couple of days. She continued. I promise. When, tonight, tonight, it's sort of an emergency. All right. What time? How about nine? I'll see you then. You just want her ass. A little voice told me as I hung up the phone. But why shouldn't I think such thoughts? Because she's in trouble and she's asking for help, and you're incapable of helping anyone without tallying a potential benefit for yourself. Shut the fuck up, you righteous motherfucker! It's wrong, son. According to our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. I hastily made a little sign of the cross in compliance, and just think, Kathleen's dad is a retired USMC sergeant who did two tours in Nam to protect democracy for the likes of me. Our first time was very forgettable. I was sitting in the bar alone and lubricated. And she came in with two friends and sat down at a booth. 
There's that Kathleen I registered from behind my crazed lens. The cheery-looking one with a body like a pickup truck. I like to sleep with Greg, she had told me on a previous occasion. Because he has such a big butt. You're like a monkey, she said to me later when we were totally fucked up and in bed. That makes me feel real good, I slurred after a pause. Don't be so sensitive, she said. Another pause. Okay, you remind me of a squirrel. That's better, I said. Then we slept. There was a second time also about a year later, and that too was very forgettable. I will never, I had promised myself, no matter how horny I get, sleep with this woman ever again. The stunted growth of my race, I've often reasoned, comes from the fact that we have, at least for the last 40 centuries or so, eaten nothing but MSG, duck sauce, mung beans, hot mustard, fermented garbage, flakes of carrot, ramen pride, and an occasional glazed donut to be washed down by cups after coffee, cups of the world's strongest coffee, sweetened by a digit or two of condensed milk at the bottom. You are sired by a ring-tailed lemur, goes to the little ditty in my head, and your mother is a gray squirrel. I imagine Kathleen's father to be some boozy red-faced guy in a filly's cap and an open shirt, sporting a gold medallion. Mabui, Yes, sir. Do you know that I served two tours in your fucking country during the prime of my life? Yes, sir. Do you know that I risked getting myself killed by little bastards like you just to defend your fucking freedom? Yes, sir. And you failed to satisfy my beautiful daughter. I was drunk, sir. I was drunk, too, when I fucked your mother 30 years ago. You're a better man than I am, sir. You're damn right. I was in the United States Marines. I emptied a clip from my AK-47, bent down to retrieve the loose chain from his pocket, doffed my VC helmet, and disappeared into the jungle. Nine o'clock came and went, and there were no signs of Kathleen. By midnight, when I was already in bed but not yet asleep, the doorbell rang. She came in, carrying two bags, looking flustered and apologetic. That's all right. I brought some beer. I smiled. Were you sleeping? I was lying down, yes. Can we drink in the bedroom? Sure. I could never recall her looking this haggard. She had a history of working one weird job after another, at the Rite Aid or something, when she was working at all. And the last time I heard about her, which was months ago, she was going out with some drywaller from Fort Richmond. We stripped to our underwear and tucked ourselves quickly under the blankets. The heater in my apartment didn't put out very much, and it was extremely cold outside. This beer tastes good, I exclaimed after downing the first can. It's rolling rock, Kathleen said. Anything is good if you haven't had it for a while. Are you broke? I've been selling practically all my books, I said, as I gestured toward the nearly empty shelves. Kathleen's features, even in the dim light, looked worn out and forlorn. 
You are like a sister to me, I mused. We've known each other forever. I'm down to ten bucks, she said, as we both burst out laughing. I bent down over the side of the bed to reach into the brown bag for another beer. Who's the guy who answered the phone this morning? That's Walter. Who's Walter? Walter is 72. 72? I've been staying with him. Why? I was evicted from my apartment. I pondered this information for a few seconds, then said, Were you two, uh, lovers? He would try to touch my butt whenever he passes by behind me, and every now and again, he would try to kiss me. And that's all? I wouldn't let him do anything else. Kathleen, I had noticed by this point, smelled unwashed, and there is a strong odor of tobacco issuing from her breath. How come, I wondered, some men get to sleep with virgins and I get to lie next to a bag bag lady? I opened another beer and wrapped my leg around her midsection, as I want to do when I'm with someone. Let's turn off the light, Kathleen said. Are you ready to sleep? Soon. Okay. You mind if I take my bra off, she said after the light was out. Go ahead. We shifted positions a few times, found a comfortable arrangement, laid still for a while, and said nothing. The three beers I had on an empty stomach were making me drowsy. In a few weeks, I thought, the money would be coming in again, and this entire period would be but a bad memory. You want to hear something funny, Kathleen said, breaking my train of thoughts. Tell me. But you must promise not to tell anyone. I won't. I almost became a prostitute. No way, I said, as I put a hand on her breast. I tried to get work at this escort service, but I was fired after only one day. She turned her body sideways, nudged her nipples toward my face, and as I slipped my hands inside her panties, peeled her underwear off. I was sent to this hotel, she continued, and I was really nervous, and this Japanese business guy answered the door, and he looked at me, and he slammed the door in my face. Her vagina was all dry, but she guided my hand back inside her as I tried to pull it away. That reminds me of something I read once, I said. Have you ever heard of Arthur Kussler? No, she answered, still arid. There's this story of him traveling through Azerbaijan. He was on a train, and the conductor opened the door to his compartment, and there was a peasant girl sitting there who wasn't supposed to be there, and the conductor was about to send the girl away when Kussler said, That's all right, she can stay. I paused at this point, propped myself up on my elbows, and took a swig from my fourth can of, by now, piss-warm rolling rock. Is that it? Kathleen said. No, I said, easing myself back down. As soon as the conductor left them alone, the girl started to take off her blouse, and Kussler said, no, no, you don't have to do that. And the girl got all pissed off and said, I'm sure this gentleman is used to finer ladies. I let out a loud guffaw at this point, but Kathleen did not laugh with me. And then what happened?
Nothing. The girl left the compartment because she was pissed off. Nothing happened. I glared at Kathleen, a little annoyed. The girl was a prostitute, get it? What Kessler thought was a simple peasant turned out to be a prostitute. Kathleen planted her body on top of mine suddenly. Bui, she said, am I ugly? I hesitated, unwisely of course, but answered, of course you're not ugly. I flipped her over so that I was now on top of her. Am I beautiful, she said, continuing her interrogation. I hesitated again unwisely, but said, you're not ugly. (laughs) Of course I'm ugly, Kathleen said. That's why that Japanese guy slammed the door in my face. You're not ugly, I said again, with better conviction this time, and gave her a full kiss on the mouth, which tasted, to my dismay, like an open can full of skull-chewing tobacco. You're beautiful, I blurted. You've always been beautiful. I was becoming delirious with my own momentum. That Japanese guy is ugly. You're beautiful. Maybe he's used to finer ladies. Ha ha.